0: I just want to say thank you so much to every single one of you guys. Well, maybe not every single one of you. You know who you are. But every single one of you guys, I just feel like you are leaning in and listening well in our times in the morning and in the evening. And we've had a lot of fun throughout the day. But I just want to say thank you so much for the ways that you guys have listened and paid attention uh, I've been talking to some of your counselors, and the questions that you guys are asking in counselor time and in your one-on-one shows and demonstrates that you're paying attention and that you want to go even deeper than the things we're talking about this morning. And so I just want to say thank you. You guys are doing a great job of that. So let's pay attention one more day. Uh, I got some really, really exciting things to share with you this morning, and so I'm excited. But before we do that, here's what I want you to do. We've got a couple of things we have to set up here, so here's what I need you to do. I want you to turn to your neighbor. Don't do it yet, but I'm going to have you turn to your neighbor, and I want you to share two things. I want you to share your favorite thing that you've done this week, so maybe that's carpet ball, maybe that's gaga ball. I want you to share that with them, and then I want you to share one thing that you've learned this week with them, and then here's what you're going to do. Whoever goes first, you're going to say, what about you? And then they're going to share the same two things, what their favorite thing that they've done this week, and then something that they've learned this week. And so you guys are going to do that, and you'll notice stop when you see a really cool picture up here, and you'll know what that is, all right? Sound good? Ready? Go. All right, guys, can I have your help? You guys mind do you guys mind moving the table? All right. All righty. guys did a good job. Thanks for that. That's awesome. Well, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to pray for us really quick, and then we're going to look and see what God's word has to say for us this morning. Sound good? All right. Lord, thank you so much for your goodness to us. Thank you for the fun that we've been able to have this week. Thank you for the opportunity that we've been able to have to look at your word and to know more about who you are and more about who we are and more about who Christ is and what he's done for us, and we thank you for that. I pray this morning that you'd be working in our hearts and in our lives, Lord, to give us understanding. Lord, we study your word and we like to, to look at it and to know more about it. But ultimately, you're the one that gives us understanding. And so we pray that you would do that in our hearts and lives. Thank you for the fact that your word is powerful, not only for campers, but also for counselors and for me. And thank you for the ways that you've used your word uh, in my life and in our lives this week. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, well... This week, you've learned something about me. You've learned that I like climbing, that that's a huge part of my life. It's because I don't have very many hobbies. Like, I'm learning to have more hobbies. So, like, my hobbies are weird. I like coffee. That's, like, not a hobby. you like, is that even a hobby? It is. It actually is a hobby. So I like coffee, and I like climbing. So those are two of the big hobbies that I have. But one thing you may not know about me is that since I was, like, exactly your age, I always wanted to be a rock climber. Kind of weird. A lot of people grow up, they're like, hey, I want to be, you know, a basketball player, a football player. Nope, not Nick Harsh. I wanted to be a rock climber. Which is not good news when you live in Iowa, right? Because, I don't know if you know this, there's not a lot of mountains in Iowa. Well, here's one thing that is really cool. When I was about your age, IRBC put in a climbing wall. Did you know that there's a time that the wall actually wasn't out there? Wow. Really? Yeah. There's a time that the climbing wall wasn't even a thing. So when I was about your age, they put in a climbing wall, and man, that was like the greatest thing ever. So much fun. And so I would climb up that and like do that once or twice a year, and then I'd go home and I'd be like freaking out, like, oh man, I wish I could climb all the time. And so, you know, you climb trees and you climb mount, like brick walls and all kinds of things that probably say no climbing on them, right? Because it's like, I just want to climb, come on, right? And so my family then went to Colorado on vacation once, and I don't know why i did this but i bought like a how to be good at climbing book had pictures of like rock climbers in it and so i'm like an iowa kid with corn all around like reading this book on mountains and how to climb and how to do all this this stuff right well one of the coolest things ever happened to me when i was in college there's a gym in uh in grimes called climb iowa It's like taking Iowa and climbing and putting it together. It's awesome, right? And so I started working at Climb Iowa, and I've been climbing ever since. Super awesome. You're like, ah, Nick, that's a really cool story. Why do you tell us that? I tell you that for this reason. Because as you climb, one of the things you guys probably have experienced is that at the beginning, it's super, super scary, isn't it? Like, I'm just saying, like, when you get up to the top, like, your knees kind of start shaking, and you're, like, looking down, and you're like, I can't get anywhere. And, and that's just real life, right? Like, you guys have experienced that. Some of you have climbed this week. Some of you got to the top and did a great job. Others of you guys did a great job and didn't get to the top, and that's awesome, too. But you know what it's like to get to the top, and you're like, oh, uh, that's a little bit scary, right? Can I just tell you a secret? I still have that happen to me sometimes. There's still times where I'm like, uh, and I get scared, right? But here's the thing the longer you climb and the more you learn to trust your belayer, the less scary things like that become. So, the person I climb with most often, her name is Rachel, and I trust Rachel to keep me off the ground, right? As I'm climbing, if I trust her to keep me off the ground, it's not as scary, right? So as I'm up there, if I'm like, oh, Rachel doesn't have me, I'm going to be like. But here's the thing. She's my belayer. Just like you guys have belayers up at camp. And when she says, I've got you, I believe that Rachel is going to keep me off the ground. So it's less scary. And that's what faith is. Faith is believing or trusting or putting your full weight in something or someone. In something or someone. And this week we've learned three things so far. We've learned that God is holy. Can you say that with me? God is holy. We've learned that I am sinful. Can you say that? I am sinful. We've learned that Jesus saves. And yesterday we asked the question, how do we get Jesus' righteousness? So we looked, and, and this isn't true of us anymore, we looked and we saw that we're sinful. So earlier this was filled with black to represent sin, we saw that God is holy, and we realized that we don't have a righteousness that is equal to God's, and so how are we going to get that righteousness? And yesterday, we saw that Jesus saves, that Jesus actually takes the penalty for our sin, and he gives us his righteousness in exchange, and we asked the question yesterday, just as we were finishing up, we said, so how do we get that kind of righteousness? How do we get... A righteousness that is equal to God's. And the answer this morning is this, that he is mine by faith. He is mine by faith. Can you say that with me? He is mine by faith. So that's your key takeaway for this morning. So God is holy. I am sinful. Jesus saves, but he is mine by faith. I just want to review with us a couple things we've been looking at because this is so important. In the beginning, there was God, right? We've seen this before. We've worked through this all week. And God is everything good. He's everything kind. He's everything glorious, everything magnificent, everything wonderful. There's nobody that you know that loves you more than God. There's no one kinder than God. There's no one more satisfactory than God. There's not a candy, dessert, anything that you could ever eat that is better than God. You can't imagine a vacation that is more joyful than God, right? We've talked about that. And in the beginning, God decided to create He wanted to show off how glorious he was, so he made man. He made man so that man can enjoy who God is, they can look at who God is, and they can glorify him forever. And throughout the week, we've seen that sin gets in the way of that. Sin drives a wedge between you and me and God. And that was the biggest giant that we faced. We saw at the beginning of the week that you and I are separated from God, that there's this huge chasm between us and God because of our sin. And that's a huge giant. And throughout the week we've been working to see how do we fix and defeat that giant because sin drives a wedge between us and God. But yesterday we saw this, that Jesus saves it through Jesus' death on the cross He takes our sin, and he gives us his righteousness in exchange. And can I just tell you, one of your counselors was sharing a question that some of you have asked yesterday, and this is such a good question, and I'm going to answer it for us. This is such a good question. Somebody asked, if Jesus takes our sin, how does Jesus stand in the presence of God? So if Jesus takes all of our sin on the cross, how can Jesus spend eternity in heaven? That's a great question, junior boys. Do you want to know the answer? Jesus died on the cross, and when he died on the cross at the end, do you remember what he said at the very end? He said, It is finished. When Jesus died, he said, It is finished. And what he meant when he said, It is finished is that the penalty for sin has been paid. It is finished. And, junior boys, you know what happened three days later? Jesus rose from the dead and he proved once and for all that sin has been defeated, that the power of sin has been broken, it is finished. And so Jesus didn't stay sinful, in fact, he left the sin on the cross, it was paid for once and for all. And so we know that Jesus saves, he takes our sin, but this morning we want to ask the question and answer the question, how do we get a righteousness ...that is equal with Jesus, and the answer is, he is mine by faith. So look with me at Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3, so open your Bibles and turn there. Romans chapter 3 is where we're going to see this truth that he is mine by faith. But what's so cool about Romans chapter 3... ...is that every single thing that we've talked about this week... ...actually is in Romans 3 too. So we're going to review really, really quick as we work through it, but then we're going to see that he is mine by faith. So I'll give you just a second to find it, Romans chapter 3, and we're going to be in verses 21 through 26 this morning. So I'm going to read the whole passage for us really quick, and then I'm going to kind of point out some things, and there's a lot going on in this passage, so we're not going to spend, be able to go through everything, but we'll point out some really cool things here. Verse 21, it says this. But now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been revealed. It was attested by the law and the prophets. The righteousness of God is through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe, since there is no distinction. We saw this verse earlier. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. They are justified or made right before God or declared righteous before God freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. God presented Jesus as an atoning sacrifice in his blood received through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because in his restraint God passed over sins previously committed. God presented him to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time so that he would be righteous and also declare righteous the one who has faith in Jesus. So look with me at verse 21 and we'll see something. It says, "Now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been revealed. And so we see that God is holy, right? So, so what does it mean that the righteousness of God has been revealed? Well, back in the olden days, the way that we saw that God's, we saw God's righteousness, or back in the Old Testament, the way that we saw God's righteousness, or God's holiness, is through the Ten Commandments, right? That we looked at that, that the way we know God is holy, the way that we know what God's standard of perfection is, is by the Ten Commandments, by the law, and all of the things that God told the nation of Israel to do. But Paul says here, he says, now the righteousness of God has been revealed apart from the law. And it's through faith in Jesus, and we're going to come back, but what we see is that God's righteousness has been revealed. And you see that throughout the passage. And Verse 22, it says, The righteousness of God is through faith. You see in verse 23 that God presented Jesus to demonstrate his righteousness. And so the idea of God's righteousness or God's perfection or God's holiness is throughout this entire chapter. Let me just stop really quick and give you a tip. When you're studying the Bible, how many would say sometimes it's hard to know what the Bible is saying or what the big idea is? Have you ever been there? It can be tough. As you're reading through the Bible, let me give you a tip. You want to look for words that are repeated time and time again. So in this passage, you see words like righteousness or by faith or different things like that. And you can say, oh, I think Paul's trying to teach me something about the righteousness of God or about what it means to have faith in God. And so as you read your Bible in the morning or whenever you read it, look for repeated words. You say, oh, he said that again. Oh, that, that shows up again. That might be what he's talking about. And that's what we see here. That Paul uses and talks about the righteousness of God over and over. And so we see again that God is holy. The next thing we see though, and we saw this earlier, so we're not going to spend a ton of time on it. Is that I am sinful. So verse 23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So we saw God is holy, but I am sinful. That we fall short of God's glory. So say God is holy, I am sinful. God is holy, I am sinful. But then check this out. Jesus saves, so look with me. At verse 24 through 25, it says they are justified freely, or justified means to be declared righteous. So we're declared right before God freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. God presented Him as an atoning sacrifice by His blood. And so, guys, what that means is exactly what we talked about yesterday, that we're made right Or we're declared righteous before God, not because of anything that we do. There's no one here that can earn salvation. There's no one here that can do anything good enough to be made right before God. We're made righteous or declared righteous before God through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. That it's through Jesus that we are declared or made right before God. But here's what we want to land on, and here's what we want to look at this morning specifically. These are just review. God is holy, I'm sinful, Jesus saves. Can you tell I want you to know that part? The question we're answering this morning is how do we get the righteousness of Jesus? So look with me here, and I'm going to give you the answer. You probably already know the answer because I've said it like twice. But look with me at verse 22. Romans chapter 3, verse 22, it says, The righteousness of God is through faith in Jesus Christ to all believe. So through faith. So what does it take to have Jesus' righteousness given to me? What does it take? Is it praying a prayer? No. Is it saying the right words? No. Is it doing enough good things? No. Is it walking an aisle? No. The way that we do that is through faith. We place our faith in what Jesus did on the cross for our salvation. We place our faith in that. Look with me also at verse 25. So 325, it said, God presented Jesus as an atoning sacrifice in his blood to be received through faith. So we receive it. We, we take it. It's a gift. It's not anything we earn. It's something that he gives to us freely, and we receive it by or through faith. And then look at what he says in verse 26. God presented him to demonstrate his righteousness. So God did this. God made this way of salvation possible to show that he is holy. God's not just letting sin get off the hook, right? Every sin is paid for by Jesus. So God's not looking over it. He's made a way for it to be forgiven. But he presented him to demonstrate his righteousness at the proper time so that he would be righteous and declare righteous or... Declare that somebody is right before God, those who have faith in Jesus. Do you guys see the repeated words? So if we're doing our Bible study, what do you see? Through faith, through faith, through faith. And so if I were to say, what does a person have to do to receive the righteousness of Jesus? The answer is there's nothing we can do. You simply have to believe and trust him in faith. Now here's the thing. That can be hard sometimes, because we want to be able to have credit for our salvation, right? We want to be able to say, I did this, or I did this, or I'm better than this person. But the reality is that faith looks like me turning from my sin, and I'm just saying, Jesus, I want your righteousness. We accept it by faith. But man, I like to take credit, and so that's a harder thing than it sometimes can seem like. But you say, what do I have to do? Nothing. You have to receive it by faith. So let me give you a couple of illustrations of what faith looks like, practically speaking. Y'all have seen the zip line. A lot of you guys have gone down the zip line. And the zip line is kind of freaky the first time you go down it, right? It's a little scary. I know adults that don't even go down the zip line because it's a little bit freaky. Here's the thing, though. Did you know there's not a single person that has ever fallen off that zip line? Never. It's not happened. Do you know, and somebody can fact check me on this if I'm wrong, but... I think they sent a tractor down the zip line when they first made it. Like, I'm pretty sure that's a thing. It holds a lot of weight. Like, there's not a single junior boy that could weigh down that zip line. In fact, you could get your entire cabin of junior boys, put them on a zip line somehow. That'd be a little weird, and you'd like have to like grab onto one another. But like you could send down your entire cabin on the zip line. No one would fall unless you let go, in which case that's a different story, right? The zip line is gonna hold you up. But Knowing all of that information doesn't mean that I have faith in the zipline, right? I just know all that information. I have faith in the zipline when I march up those stairs, take a break halfway because it's really high up there, and then keep marching up. I run off the zipline. I am placing my full weight on the zipline. Let me give you another example. Tyler used this example earlier, the trust fall. Right? If you've ever done a trust fall, you know that it's like, uh, right? And what happens if you don't trust the person that is catching you? You go like this, take a step back. That's not trust. That's not faith. That's me doubting, right? So you take a step back. Nope, it's not a trust fall. But a trust fall is when I place my full weight on that person. I'm not going to do it, by the way, because I'd land on the deal. But but, just a side note have you seen the video on YouTube where the girl does the trust fall and falls forward? so funny. This has nothing to do with today, but a trust fall is where you're placing your full trust or your full weight on something or someone, and then you fall back, and you don't take a step back. You don't try to catch yourself. You don't try to do anything to keep, make sure that what they do is good. You just trust, and you fall back into the person. Let me explain it using one more example. This morning, I was rummaging around through the, uh, the wood pile, and I found this board. You're like, that's cool. This board is a 2x6, I think. I'm really handy. <laughs> this board has red paint on it. I know that that's true. This board has a massive crack down the middle. I don't know if you can see that. But I was trying out putting this board between the two ladders, and then I was going to stand on it. Because I know a lot about this board. I know that it's pretty strong. I know that they probably built a house out of this at some point, or I don't know what they did with it, but it's a pretty strong board, maybe to hold me. But here's the fun fact. Even as I was doing this illustration, I was gonna like put it across here and maybe stand on it. And then I'm like looking at the board and I kind of like put my foot on it and it's like and I was like, huh, no thank you. So what I did is I went back to the wood pile later this morning, and I got this big bad boy, oh, sheesh, this is, I think a two by ten, maybe, I could be wrong, I'm not very, two by twelve, thank you, two by twelve, it's pretty strong, okay, maybe, this is why you can see I have the arms of a thinking man, oh, all right, two by twelve, pretty strong, that's why I had guys set up the ladder too, by the way. But I know a lot about that board. I know that it's made of wood because it's a board. I know that it's two inches by 12 inches, thanks to whoever yelled it out over here. I know that it's pretty strong. I know that these ladders are at least designed to hold people up, right? That's what they're made for. I can know all of those things, but I still do not have faith in that board, similar to the fact that I didn't have faith in this board. Amen, amen. Right? I don't have faith in that board yet until, until I climb, right? Ugh. Again, arms of thinking, man. Do I have faith in the board yet? Why not? Do I have faith on the board yet? Why not? I'm still holding on. Do I have faith in the board yet? No. When I have faith in the board is when I come out here, my full weight is standing on this. I promise it's not my legs shaking. I have my full weight resting on the board. I'm not looking to hold on to anything. I'm not turning to anything else. My weight is resting on this board. Kids, that's faith. That's what faith looks like, practically speaking. It looks like putting your full weight on something or someone. You're trusting it. You're leaning in it. And so you say, God is holy. I am sinful. Jesus saves. How do we have his righteousness given to us? All you have to do is trust God. To believe and to place your weight. You turn from your sin and you say, Jesus, I'm placing my faith in what you've done. I'm not looking to anything else. And so you say, how do I know? How do I know if I'm trusting? How do I know if I'm placing my faith in Jesus? And the answer to that question, or the way that we know, or one of the ways that we know, is by the way that you answer the question that we looked at at the beginning of the week. So at the beginning of the week, we ask the question, one day you're going to stand before a holy God. He's going to say, why should I let you into heaven? And I gave you a chance to answer that question. And that answer, or the way that you answer that question, demonstrates in a lot of ways what you're trusting in. So let me tell you a story. Right now, I'm doing a Bible study with a guy named Jeff. And Jeff, if I were to say, what is the gospel? He would say, Jesus died for my sins. And I'd say, that's true, right? Right? Is that true? It is. If I were to say, How is a person saved? And he'd say, Faith in Jesus. Is that true? I just told you it was. But you want to know something funny about this? I asked him the question that I asked you. I said, Jeff, if you were to stand before God and he were to say, Why should I let you into heaven? What would you say? And I let him answer the question the same way that I let you answer the question. And he said, I believe that Jesus died on the cross and I try to do good things for him. Is that a good answer? No, it's not. Why isn't it a good answer? Let me explain it to you. He knows that Jesus died on the cross, but he's still trying to do good things to earn his way to God. He says, I believe that Jesus died on the cross. That's a good part. That's awesome. But then he says, and I try to do good things. So let me just give you a couple of examples. Maybe this week when you filled out the card the first time, you just said, I don't know. You said, I don't know what I should say to God, and that's an okay answer. But hopefully, as we've walked through this week, you can see that there's actually nothing that you can do, and that the only right response is that I'm placing my faith in Jesus. I'm trusting in Him that He's taken my sin and gives me His righteousness. Maybe you said this week, you said, I believe in Jesus, and I want to do good things. That's a good answer, but that's not the answer that brings salvation, right? Because we can't be saved by anything that we do. And so here's what I want to do. I want to give you just a couple of minutes to give another shot at this question. You don't have to cheat off your neighbor. And, and here's the thing, maybe throughout the week you started off and you're like, I don't have an answer to this question. I don't even know. That's totally fine, guys. I hope that as we've walked through the gospel this week that you've grown in your understanding. Maybe. This week, you had part of the answer, but you're like, but I didn't know something that we talked about this week. Add that in there. Write that down. I just want to give you another shot, because here's the thing. I think you'll be encouraged as you look at what you said at the beginning of the week, and as you look at what you say at the end of the week, that you've grown in your understanding of who Jesus is. And so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you like a minute to answer the question again, then I want you to turn it back into your counselors, and then I have one more story to share with you, and then we'll pray and be dismissed. Sound good? Good. All right, if you were to stand before God and he were to say, why should I let you into heaven, what would you say? I think we've got the question up here just in case. What would you say? And here's the deal, guys, too. If you still are like, man, I don't totally understand this stuff that we're talking about, that's okay. Don't feel like you have to look off your neighbor or make anything up. This is really just for you to help you kind of think through. What do you know? What has God taught you this weekend? So don't feel like you have to look off your neighbor. Don't feel like you have to cheat. Don't, don't feel ashamed if you don't think you know the answer. That's totally fine. That's totally okay. Okay. Give you like 30 more seconds. All right, when you're done, you can hand those back to your counselor. Thanks so much for taking the time to do that. I've found this question to be super, super helpful. Uh, and I think it just kind of helps us know what are we trusting in? What are we placing our faith in? It's a good question to think through. I want to tell you one more story. Hand those into your counselor. Counselors, you can collect those later. I want to tell you one more story. At our church, we do what is called Starting Point. Uh, and starting point is a class that we teach people. And really what we walk through is all of the things that we've talked about this week. We walk through what is the gospel? What does a, a person have to do to stand before a holy God? What does that mean? And it was so cool because a couple weeks ago I had the chance to just sit in on a class. I wasn't teaching it. I was just sitting in on it. Uh, and there was a lady that had been in the class for probably four weeks up to that point, And she'd grown up in church her whole life. She'd walked through the gospel a number of times. And at the beginning of the class, she wrote, you say, okay, what is the question? What is the answer to the question? She wrote, I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. And we're like, okay, cool. And as we walked through the class, we got to this part in a book that we were working through called The Stranger on the Road to Emmaus. And the book said this, because it's exactly what the Bible teaches, said that Jesus died... To take the punishment for our sins, and he gives us his righteousness in exchange. We've talked about that this week, right? That's what the book says. And it says, Jesus died to take the punishment for our sins, and he gives us his righteousness in exchange. And you want to know what she did? She goes, and then she started crying. And then she dropped her head. And then she looked up, and she says, I never knew that before. You're like, what do you mean you didn't know that before? You put down that Jesus died on the cross your sins, she says, "I always knew. I grew up my whole life knowing that Jesus died to take the punishment or the penalty for my sins, but my whole life, I thought there was something that I had to do to earn His righteousness or to earn a right standing before God. I never knew that He offered it freely by faith." Do you see what happened there, junior boys? She understood part of the gospel. She understood that Jesus died to take the punishment or the penalty for her sin. But she thought that there was something that she had to do to earn a righteousness that is equal with God. She didn't know that Jesus gives that to her freely. But now she does. Because in a moment her eyes were opened and she saw, oh, Jesus offers his righteousness. He pays for my sin. He offers his righteousness. And all that's required of me is faith in Christ. Faith in what he has done alone. And she got it. And just like you did today, she filled out another card. And do you want to know what her answer was? She said, I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. And by faith, I believe that he gives me his righteousness in exchange. And friends, that's a good answer to the question. That's a good answer to the question. We're going to say it one more time. God is holy. holy. I am sinful. Jesus saves. Jesus saves. He is mine by faith.